Flipside, this is Charlie, and I'm here with legendary director Bob East, director of Fire From Hell, and holy shit, man. And uh, we're live at Super Monster Movie Fest 2021, and uh, we're having a pretty good time. Bob, how's, how's things going with you? Uh, it's great. I'm looking forward to seeing some of these movies on the big uh, drive-in screen. Yeah, they got Sammy Terry at right now, yeah. so um, I've seen that act a couple times, so it's okay, we'll skip it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so Bob has a new movie out, Holy Shit Man. You want to tell us about that? Uh, yeah, Holy Shit Man is, the movie's about the devil's plumber. It's a, about a guy who's cursed uh, to be a, the plumber in hell for the devil, and he comes out and seeks revenge on... Those who call his name, if you say his name three times, he appears. He comes and kills you in uh, various plumbing and poop-related ways. Yeah, and I, the the humor is the best part because it's just like toilet humor. But I find toilet humor hilarious. It's, <laughs> Obviously, you do too. So it's definitely uh, toilet humor. Um, it's stupid humor. It's as many dumb jokes as I could write, and yeah. And there's a lesbian shower scene, so yes, there's all there's that. You yes. don't want to miss that. And there's like a lesbian plumbing. I don't. What would like that opening sequence? I don't even know what that would be. Yeah, there, there's there's a it's like a lesbian fake porno. There's a fake porno at the beginning. Uh, it starts out. There's a guy making a low budget porno about plumbers and. Uh, Holy shit, man's offended uh, that they're that they're uh, making a porno about plumbers and using fake plumbers. So he comes in. Yeah, and there's quite a cast too. Uh, Rebecca Reinhardt yep. stars in it. Um, Raymond Kester is hilarious. Yeah, Raymond Kester <laughs> is freaking awesome. I love um, him. We have a we have board game weekly actually. I don't know if you knew sorry, that. What? We have a board game. A board game? Yeah, we like have a board game group where we board game weekly. Uh-huh. So I consider him a good friend. Raymond. Okay, I didn't realize that. You have a board game group with Raymond Kester. <laughs> yeah. That's fun. Yeah, there's Did a lot you, of people that come to that. Do you that. play anagrams? Because we play anagrams in our movie. That's No, <laughs> we don't play that, but uh, he looks like he's pretty good at it from the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think that the... Holy shit, man! Is honestly really, really good. I think. Uh, well, it's playing live. No, it played Wednesday, right? Yeah, at we showed at, at a a bar where my friend does stand up comedy. She's in it, so she wanted to show it to some of the comedians there. So we had a comedians showing there. Um, that was that was pretty fun. Everybody enjoyed it. Um, yeah. And then it's probably going to play at the Strand soon. We're going to play at the Strand. Which that's going to be awesome. So there's definitely a bunch of ways to check it out. And then I imagine you'll probably be selling your Blu-rays and DVDs. Selling Blu-rays and DVDs. Um, we got some screenings coming up. we got one down in Louisville, September oh, nice. 25th at a, at a movie theater. One of our actresses, Athena Prachodko, who's in it, set that up. Nice. Um, so that'll be fun. Um, and you've been at a couple cons, too. We've been in a few cons. We did the Days of the Dead, and then we did a comic book convention, which 
wasn't really our market, but it was a fun convention. So yeah. So how's it sell? How's it selling? You think pretty good. You know, the, the you know it's when people see it, the idea is so unique mm-hmm. and the name is so funny. I think they're tempted to buy it just because it's holy shit, man. You know, they <laughs> yeah. almost don't care what the movie is about um, because it's such a funny title. Yeah. You know. But then, really, I mean, it, it is honestly a really good movie. Um, they showed it here at the Skyline, and everybody was laughing. I mean, it was everybody was having a good time watching it. And uh, yeah. I think the best person to judge a movie is probably Don Z, and he gave it his full approval. So yeah, I was pretty excited that he he guy I got the Don Z approval. Yeah, and he still talks about it when I talk to him. Yeah, you know, I called Don. Uh, uh, about daily, uh-huh. um, just to talk about stuff, and uh, he usually brings it up. He likes good, to watch good. it. Well, you know, I, as much as I wrote jokes in it, I tried to make sure that there was an actual story to it and, mm-hmm. and a story arc with characters. It doesn't. You, you wouldn't normally think of that when you think about a movie where a guy is killing people with shit and plungers, um, but the movie really is. It's it's basically like an eighties. Uh, John Cusack type movie <laughs> with uh, little Freddy Krueger thrown in, and it's all about poop. Yeah. So, and uh, Rebecca. Now you know I consider Rebecca a really good friend. Yeah. And uh, I've done some work for her, and we talk a lot. Uh, right. We got we got all these lists going and everything, but uh, a lot of you guys out there are gonna. Well, she's been on the show too. She's actually yeah. been. She was at Super Monster Movie Fest last year. I think, I think a lot of the guys are gonna like her. Yeah, yeah. She's. <laughs> I don't want to say. She's. You know, I don't want to say too much about it. But her acting is really good too. She's really good act. She's a really good actress. She's really yeah. good looking. Yeah, um, sometimes and she carries the movie really well. So she's got. Mm-hmm. She's just great. It, it worked out so well for us having her uh, star in the movie. Yeah, and. Um, Usually when you cast sort of eye candy, you know, uh-huh. you get sort of uh, ditziness. But yeah. with Rebecca, you're getting the hotness plus <laughs> plus a really yes. good really good performances. And, and she, you know, the thing about Rebecca is she really knows a lot about horror movies, oh, which yeah. is amazing. Yeah. So anytime, you know, anytime I would try to explain something in a scene that was related to some horror movie she immediately got it she uh, there was no having to explain any kind of thing like this is sort of like that scene in psycho and she already knew she was a couple steps ahead of me on that but yeah the thing have, about, uh, oh go ahead uh, i was gonna say the thing about rebecca was that she she found us and so we hadn't written her into the movie that much. She wasn't in it that much to begin with, but she came in and she did one day for us and just blew us away with how great she was. She was incredible. Um, and then we decided to see, and we, we asked her if she wanted to take the lead role. So I, I frantically rewrote the movie <laughs> to make her the lead because originally the movie was... Uh, like I said, basically one of these John Hughes movies, and you had a young guy who was looking for love, like a John Cusack type. Uh, so when she came along, we just kind of role reversed it and switched it 
to instead of a guy, it's now a girl character, and that changed the whole scope of the movie because it went from this, this, it's still it's still kind of a sexist movie to be honest, but you know it went from like this guy looking to score and meet women and and find love to it, it sort of turned into uh, a lesbian romance. Thank God. Yeah, <laughs> well, that was a good. That was a good change. That was we were all on board for that. So some advice for independent film directors: if Rebecca wants to be in your movie, completely rewrite the script. I would agree with that totally. <laughs> but you know, the the funny thing about that was, upon rewriting the script, we ran into the scenario that nobody had the script but me because <laughs> I rewrote it. And the amazing thing about this movie was how much trust that people put in me Rebecca, Athena uh, Raymond uh, all the cast without really having seen a full script you know so uh, there was a big burden on my shoulders to deliver a movie that they were happy with because they agreed to do it and they didn't really have much of a script to look at Yeah. so I think that, that's a uh, big gamble right there yeah, that's true. I think Raymond's strongest thing is the improv. So yes, he owned that. But uh, yeah, the thing about Raymond—that's another guy that we had written a bunch of. St- I had written a bunch of things for uh, the priest character uh, and a bunch of other characters, and Raymond came in, and again, he was amazing as he always is. Um, I've worked with Raymond before; he's always amazing. So again, we rewrote every. We basically gave everything we had. All these, the entire, you know, the the Kenny Loggins. There's a there's a big debate about Kenny Loggins in it, and we that sequence was originally written for the priest and Rebecca, and I just rewrote that to be between her father because we needed more Raymond in the movie. Yeah, and he's one of the few. Raymond's one of the few people that sort of I gave carte blanche to improv um, because anything he said the, the brilliance of Raymond's improv is that he will give you one, two, three, four, five, six, ten different takes with different saying different things but he always brings it back around mm-hmm. to the point of the scene so right. you never had to, to change any editing because he knew what the scene was about. He knew what he was supposed to say. So even though he would say different words or say funnier things than I wrote, it still came back to where it was supposed to be. And that's exactly. that is so it was wonderful to work with Raymond. Yeah, I mean, when I was doing scenes with him, I was busting mm-hmm. up laughing. Yeah. But yeah, I was asked to be on the movie um, as an actor like the day before or something oh, like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I was supposed to be there to help right. with sound for the embalmers and then you were like, "Hey, you want to?" Yeah. And that was a lot of fun. Um, I've never well, done you, that. Well, you know, you and and uh, Jocelyn who came in and, and played the the crap scene investigator agents just did a tremendously great job. I was Thank so you. pleased with the, the performance of you guys. You know, you, you you said you weren't an actor, but I mean, you you've done podcasts for so long that you're very used to speaking you know and uh yeah and i've had uh, you know i directed teddy bear master right about 16 but so we had to do all the acting because nobody wanted sure. to act in our movies so that's you know that's usually that's that's i think that's the thing with every independent film is at some point everybody you know or everybody who's in the room has to be in the movie 
I ended up with, I think I'm in four or five scenes, and I wanted to be in one and get out, but when, when you can't, when you don't have enough actors, then I had to do more scenes. Except for the, <laughs> now, except for the one scene uh, that I wrote specifically for me to be in a scene with Julie, that was, that was blatant <laughs> narcissism. Me writing myself into a scene with, with yeah, it was uh, like doing a Woody Julie Allen Prescott. or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, that was that was a good shoot. Um, and Alice Winkler's in it too. She gets strangled yes. by thir- thirty-five millimeter. Well, yeah, I was, guess technically it was sixteen. Wasn't yeah, it? it was a sixteen millimeter film. <laughs> um, so I think I went. You know, me being such a fan of all that, I I think I looked through the reels. It seemed like it was some sort of educational. Yeah, it was. It was. It's. It was some. I actually. I. It like I have a sixteen millimeter projector, gone. but I bought. So I was looking for a film that she could be strangled with, that I wouldn't care if it got damaged because I have some sixteen millimeters that, but I don't want them damaged. So I found this one, and I, the the main selling point was the fact that it had a green container. I thought, oh, wow, this wow. is really cool. It has a green canister, <laughs> and I think it. It's uh, the film is some kind of. Uh, it's a film about the library, about how you put your books back or or how to learn. Uh, some library educational thing. Gosh, you know. we need that now. I don't think people know how to yeah, use the library. I know. Well, I've never watched it. I need to project it somewhere. Yeah, it might be hilarious. Yeah. Don would be mad that you'd use that even. Yeah. Well, I don't think he would under I don't think he would accept anything to be done poorly to 16 millimeter right. unless it was like a test reel yeah. maybe. <laughs> Well, the good news is we didn't actually damage the film, so yeah, it was done away. You know, care. Brent was—he did a good job of the fake strangle without actually destroying the film. It, it survived, so it's—it's it's in good shape. So if Don yeah. ever wants to spin it, let me know. Yeah, well, Let's we could do it at the uh, drive-in. <laughs> you know, the hours drive-in, sixteen millimeter stuff. Yeah, there so. you go. Yeah, we just did a El Santo, uh, yeah, marathon, and that was great. Yeah, um, I wanted to be at that. You told me about that. I was, I was actually, I was at a comic convention there. So, yeah, and if anybody you know is out there listening to this, you know, you're welcome to come. Um, we usually get a pretty big. Well, I think we had like twelve people there. Yeah, last time I thought that was pretty good. My neighbors never bitch or anything like that either. Oh, okay. So. But yeah, holy shit, man! Definitely check it out. And then Pitfire from Hell, I you know I have a review up for that. I liked it pretty good too. Yeah. But uh, I think Holy Shit, man, is like a big step forward. Yeah, you know opinion. it's it's one of those things when you're working, you as you make a film, you meet other people that are good and they come on board. So you know we had a guy, you know Chris Anderson came on board for us at the end of Pitfire of Hell. And, and at the end of filming for that, and I'm just going, I wish we'd had him the whole time, you know. But then he came on and he was on board for Holy Shit Man the whole time, which was incredible. And then again, you know, we're, you know, we're like 90% done with our movie. And then, you know, we meet this guy, Charlie Hours, comes <laughs> on and is like, we needed this guy to do our audio. Whereas I wish we would have had him the whole time. Even though I knew you from before, from the uh-huh. drive-in, I'd known you from the drive-in for a while, I, it never dawned on me that you were a sound guy. I don't know why I didn't pick up on that. But that would have something. If, it's one of those, you know, you always want to change things about a movie. But going back to this one, I, one of the, there's not many things I would change other than if we could go back 
and and have a dedicated sound person the whole time. Yeah. Because that's one of our weakest things. Um, yeah, we were talking about that with um, independent films. Yeah. The lack of um, appreciation for the, for sound, and you want to make sure you do that because right. If you if you don't, then it's subpar. Luckily, holy shit, man, survives completely on. Um, the hilarity of it. So yeah. I don't think too many people are going to uh, be too upset about the sound. But, um, you know, with independent, you really don't want to come off as independent. That's the key. Right. So it, any, anything you can, any little thing you can do, which sound is just a little thing you can sure. do. Uh, but, yeah, sound's important for independent films especially. I think it's more important for independent films than big Hollywood stuff, honestly. Yeah, that's that's one of those things that, you're right. It's definitely important. Also, though, you know, some of these, you know, we, there are times also when, you know, how many things can I do? You know, there were certain sometimes right. when, and I don't, I don't really want to throw blame at other people, um, but I will. No, uh, you know, you, you know, <laughs> when you're filming it. and you know, say I'm, I'm trying to direct and somebody's got the camera, and then there's nobody else or somebody else is supposed to be doing the sound. I, I don't have time to be checking the sound. And that's something I should probably be more more aware of, but it really comes down a lot to being shorthand, like not enough people. You know, when we started on Pitfire, it was me and Chuck and our cast, and I don't remember how it worked out exactly, but it was like I think Chuck Chuck was holding the camera and the microphone, and I was holding the lights and the script and trying to direct. So yeah, it's, it's tough. it it can be tough. So it's even if you can just find anybody that's a friend to help run the sound, I would think that's. But you know, I think you're right with holy shit, man. We're able to get away with a little bit of not as good sound. But I did want to I did want to maintain the one thing about holy shit, man. I did want to maintain a little bit of that, just a small amount of of independent feel to it. I didn't want it to be too. Too glossy. Too glossy. Now, that's not an excuse for the sound. I mean, even if the sound was perfect, you know, I would still leave in some of the... You know, we have some we have some amazing special effects in there. And we also have yeah. some very corny special effects. Some really, really just cornball, cheesy effects, which are done on purpose, you know. Uh-huh. So I want to maintain some of that indie feel with, with having very cartoonish special effects in there as well. Yeah, and that was another thing I want to bring up. Um, the the animated sequence uh, at the beginning was incredible. Um, yeah. You know, your your so that was hand drawn animation, or was that computer generated? Yeah, the there's a little uh, character animation of holy shit man dancing and uh, spinning on a turd. So <laughs> I did all the I did all the character animation, and Chris da- Chris Anderson uh, did all the animation of. Of the pipe work and the that, shit going yeah, down, that was, that was really and good. the splash. So you know, all I had to do is I animated this guy in several different dance poses, and then uh, he put that sequence together. And then I did an animated sequence in the middle to a song. Yeah, so, yeah. and that the score is great. Uh, Brian, yeah, score is that, amazing. That song that Brian Wilson did, yeah. uh, I love that one. And um, yeah, that that's one of those that. I I wrote the lyrics to that song, and I 
I don't want to say I wrote the song, and I don't want to say I'm a songwriter, but I I wrote the lyrics and I plunked out on the I I literally filmed my hand pushing keys on a piano because I don't know what the notes are. <laughs> you know, it was like do 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 do, and I sent that to to Brian. So uh, Brian took that, and Brian's a professional musician, and he made it sound great. You know, yeah. so. Really, he's he's the one that brought home that song. So we have a lot of great songs. We had, you know, a guy named Matt Burmeister did a song for us in Pit Fire from Hell that we recycled and used. There's a it's a cheesy, uh, it's a parody of uh, Air Supply songs. It's a love song. We use that, and then, you know, one of our friends from high school, Dennis Tafe, did music for us. Chris Charles did the score, which is pretty great. So we just we. From from being around, you just you get to know a lot of musicians, and they want to put their music in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dead Dick Hammer did the the opening song with uh, vocals uh, from him and John Dugan, which was pretty cool. That's awesome. He did that for us, so that was pretty great. Yeah, I'm actually excited to watch the movie again. Um, now. Another thing I wanted to bring up, because I'm a huge Easy Rider fan, is uh-huh. I really like the Easy Rider joke reference that you had oh, in yeah. there. Um, yeah, basically you had the... You you, you were basically uh, Peter Fonda, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. then uh, Chuck was uh, Dennis... Or, no, was uh, Jack Nicholson. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty funny. Yeah, you know that... <laughs> it's pretty hilarious. Yeah. That was... I'm a big... I'm a big uh, Easy Rider slash Peter Fonda fan. So for me, I, I wanted to, to put myself in that role and make a joke out of it. Yeah. That was kind of self-serving. But it, it turned out pretty funny. Yeah, it's Because they wanted, uh, Chuck's friend wanted to be in the movie riding his three-wheel motorcycle. So I said, if he's going to ride in, I'll just come in <laughs> as Peter Fonda character. Yeah. Um, yeah, Chuck had the little gold helmet. And yeah. Everything. But, uh, yeah, anyways, check out Holy Shit, man. Uh, follow Bob East. And uh, the, the show's about to begin. Yeah, movie's so, starting. Uh, we're going we're gonna to head out awesome. here. And uh, we'll see you on the flip side. Thanks, Charlie. Thank you. I'm Holy Shit, man. I've got big plans. I'm coming to flush you away. You're a dead man with my bed. A shit house, a little warp a day. He was summoned for some plumbing when somebody clogged up the throne. Shit cakes, corn pies, lots of dead flies. Cause somebody shit to the bone. A bunch of gas from someone's ass. It filled up the entire stall. A stuck door latch. Smells worse than manure. That young son is.
chubby checker. So here's the forecast straight from my ass. It's pouring down, runny and warm. It's a sea of diarrhea, a gigantic smelly shitstorm.